Hi, welcome to The Church Split. My name is Will. We have Brian here in studio, and today we have a different setup than normal, so please uh, just bear with us as we're dealing with this. But you guys know what we do here at The Church Split. We help you escape your church's echo chamber. We try to discuss things biblically, divisive topics uh, that most people try to stay away from for the sake of taboo. But we, you know, we just decide that it's fun to just jump in hook, line, and sinker and see what happens. But uh, hey, we also want to let you know, if you've been part of a church split, please reach out to us at thechurchsplit at gmail.com or any uh, social media under the church split. We'd love to talk to you and perhaps even have you on to discuss your church split because the whole point is that we want to prevent church splits. So we want to take these divisive topics and approach them head on and then show the fact that maybe just maybe we shouldn't be as sensitive as we are about them. Not saying we don't, we compromise the fundamentals of the faith or anything. So, but anyhow, um, also, you know, if you have any corrections or anything like that, feel free to send some stuff our way. We are more than open to change. We actually, uh, that's what we're talking about today is how Brian changed. And then we'll also talk about me later on. As you guys know, once we hit a thousand subs, we want to get these things out there to you so that way you guys get to know a little bit about the person behind the cameras. So anyhow, thank you guys for being with us and please welcome our one and only Brian Bodie. So how's it going? <laughs> it's going good, man. How are you? Pretty good. Um, now that we've set up our studio like this and hopefully it'll be okay. So yeah, and it's a little bit weird for us to, uh, I think, have these discussions now in front of a microphone. <laughs> we talk like this all the time. Exactly. Which makes it uh, actually why I think you and I needed this as an outlet because our wives were so sick of hearing us talk. We had to go yeah. somewhere else just to talk and just just, kick us to the basement. Yeah, <laughs> go down there, shut up, record something, come back when you guys get it all out of your system. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, I wanted some time for people to get to know you. In fact, uh, when uh, our last episode with our rebuttal, I got multiple messages of, we want more Brian. So I'm a little offended. <laughs> I'm living in a state of offense right now. I'm sure I'll get over it. But uh, anyway, I want people to get to know us a little bit more. And I think, you know, that's good for you and I both here because we want to show how we're open to change. We're open to discussions. It's not just our own echo chamber. In fact, you and I, I feel like go out of our way to escape our echo chamber just because we. it's not fun if you disagree with somebody all the time. Yeah, or at least just question to make sure you're not in one. Yeah. Like, does my argument hold up? And that was that's one of the big things for you and I. We are we debate a lot. We argue a lot. And one of the best ways to know if you believe something true is if your argument holds up. Yeah. And if your argument gets decimated, then it's a... Maybe it's time to reassess your arguments. Pick your ego up off the floor a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Which I think you and I have been there plenty of times. So yeah. anyway, uh, Brian, what what is your story a little bit? Uh, like, so where, what was your background? Where, where did you come from for people who might not know? Yeah. So I uh, I grew up Calvinist, um, went to uh, a very much Calvinist, like Calvin Church, ended up going to Calvin College. Um, my grandfather on my mom's side was... Uh, someone who studied John Calvin a lot. He was actually the first person to put all John Calvin's Latin works into one Bible. Um, and my grandfather, it's, uh, my other grandfather was a chaplain in the military and he, uh, he was actually head of the Christian Reformed Church chaplaincy for a while. So um, yeah, Reformed Calvinism was very much part of um, my growing up. So I grew up in a Christian family. Uh, mom and dad um, definitely kept me in church. I was, I went to Sunday school. Um, so I did all the, the normal young, uh, church things. I was sprinkled as a child at 10 months. So oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, no shower. dunk for me at that point. So, uh, it was a little bit, it was different. And, uh, you know, I was comfortable in, in that environment. I don't think I understood that it was, I didn't really understand different sects of Christianity, different denominations. Um, you know, just, I think like a lot of people were like, yeah, this is, this is it. This is the CRCs, like all the church. And there's some Catholics I've heard of it. Eh, you know, I watched this tract, so I knew about the Catholics, <laughs> but, um, that's the Godfather. I get the idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a lot of exposure. So, you know, we talk about echo chambers on channel a lot. I was in an echo chamber there, um, but a different one than what you grew up in. But, um, I wasn't, uh, that into doctrine or Bible, um, I kind of bucked against a lot of those things. I'm just naturally a little bit argumentative. Um, but when I was younger, I was just argumentative for no reason. It's not like I researched another topic. It was just, <laughs> ah, I don't, I don't agree with that. And I'm going to pick this side and I'm going to stick I my flag in it. And you're going to hear it. <laughs> exactly. So, 
Um, my wife helped get a lot of that out of me. <laughs> so mainly because she's really good at it. Yeah, she is good at it. She's pretty darn good at that. So, uh, so you're never really had like a you, you, you were always Christian. Did you ever go through like a stage of doubt of your Christianity or did you just kind of accept it as is? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say like full on doubt, but just like normal Christian, like am I, am I on the right path? Am I, is this all real? Um, you know, and then you do those like youthful things that you kind of test God, like, all right, God, if you, uh, I'm gonna pray this, if you make me win this one thing, like, how can we win this baseball game tomorrow? And I promise I will stop doing that one sin that I always do. I will, I will stop lying. I will stop, um, talking back to my mom, you know, those little arguments that you kind of give God like, all right, well, God, uh, you know, you work with me, bro. I'm gonna work with you. <laughs> and, and, um, you know, that may have been not the most biblical thing to do, but it's funny coming from a Calvinist, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's funny, like raise Calvinist and you're trying to bargain with God. Isn't the whole thing of who are you, old man? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and actually now not being a Calvinist, kind of looking back, I actually think I understand Calvinism more not being in it. Um, I didn't know why I was in determinism I or followed determinism or thought what – I didn't even know what determinism, determinism was. Um, but yeah, it, it was just it, getting out of it now looking back at it like, oh, I understand it better. And I think now that I kind of see what it was and can, can contrast it with what some of the things I've learned in the Bible, I think it's it's been helpful. So are you saying, so they, you didn't know even what TULIP was back then really, or did you just hear the acronym, not really fully understand it, something like that? Yeah, I could, I knew the acronym, you know, I think the ones that maybe total depravity was one I probably knew the most about just because it was the first letter and maybe I kind of checked out after that. So, you know, a lot of it I look at, um, now we, we had filmed this once before and we messed, I messed up the audio. So we're doing this again. And I'm just, I was thinking back the first time we, we did this conversation on film, um, um, and I was, I really look at it like I, I made the claim that I don't know if that was just like watered down Christianity or it wasn't, I, I didn't feel like that closely connected to Bible, but I think about that now. And I think that was more a me thing. Like I just didn't care. Right. I was just like going through the motions of Christianity. It sounded right. Uh, I love Jesus, but, um, Jesus I didn't want some pretty nice things and I believe in God. So cool. Yeah. And I didn't want to put a lot of time and effort into it. I mean, I was a busy guy. I had a lot of things to do as a kid. So yeah, softball <laughs> girls to chase. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, time for Jesus. it was just kind of boring. So like even youth group or Sunday school was just like, ugh, like I don't want to. And uh, just I didn't want to put a lot of time and effort into it. So that that's funny. Uh, <laughs> so now the other thing is so you said you're always highly opinionated and argumentative. Ditto. Yeah. Uh, which is probably why you and I get along, which is always funny when, uh, so for those of you guys who don't know, like you guys are probably like, oh, Will and Brian agree on everything. Not always. No. Generally, <laughs> I'd say 98% of the time, 99. Yeah. Once in a while, though, when we, it's really funny when we're like texting and we both have a different opinion and we both launch the different opinion and we're all both like, oh no. And then what entails is like the next two <laughs> hours of texting back and forth. And then we just get really savage and yeah. jerky with each other just for kicks and giggles and sarcasm flies. And I think you and I are, allow ourselves a little bit more uh, logical fallacies with each other just for kicks and oh, giggles. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's fun. And, you know, I think this is maybe the good part of some echo chambers is when we disagree. I know that I can I can give you quite a bit of grief and I can not hold back any truth. And it's not like our friendship's going to hurt because of it. And I also know that if I give you enough truth, you're going to be like, okay, yeah, I was wrong. He was right. And I will do the same thing most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the areas that you were right with, with me was COVID, right? Like you were, you were saying it and I, I was saying something else for a while. Then after a while, I was like, okay, Brian, you were right. Uh, and that was real mean about that one. But then there's other people who are, you know, and that's, what's cool about our group um, that we, we, ha we hang out. We call it Franken family. Uh, it's like Frankenstein's monsters, a bunch of little pieces put together and it creates a little family. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all can steal that for your family, but just understand the fact that we were the originators of that. Yeah, phrase. we OG. Yeah, OG <laughs> Frankenstein. But uh, the other thing is, so you now you also are highly politically engaged. We were just talking about this uh, when we were setting up. What's funny about you and me is that we're both we both like to research stuff, but and we're both very similar in our interests, but we excel in different areas. I excel in theology, and you excel mostly in politics, right? And but they both deal with philosophy. Yeah. And uh, so, what were you always politically engaged? Was that that's something that no. happened when you were an adult. Is that part of the rest of your story that we should wait? Yo, I, we could talk about a little bit, but it was just a little, like everyone, I think, or a lot of people 
kind of the 2016 election kind of was was kind of a time that people woke up to politics and i was uh just someone who kind of listened to it on the cursory and i i listened to it enough because i wanted to sound smart right i wanted to be like that that look down your nose libertarian right like you don't know like i know like i i would say things like oh democrats republicans they're the same side different sides of the same coin they're just this they're they just all hate americans right and i just i'd say those things i didn't even know what it meant right i just like i'd see like some similarities and i just just like run with it. And uh, so I wasn't really that politically engaged until I kind of started really starting researching things in 2014, 2015. And that's when I almost got a little bit addicted to it. It was more like I didn't want to be caught anymore with not knowing. Like if I was talking with someone about a political issue, I didn't want to be the one that didn't know what we were talking about or didn't know that source that they were going to bring up or didn't know that argument. Right, right. And that, well, that's that's what happened with me with theology. Like, yeah. Uh, and that, that we'll get into that more with my story. But it became this whole thing where I've been caught with my theological pants down a few times, and I did not like that. <laughs> uh, Will likes to be right, and uh, that's why we that's why we ironically got the sign of Mister Always Right, which is funny because certain people in the comments have a fit, like, "Oh, just adds insult to injury." I'm like, "It's a <laughs> joke." Okay, he the, did put it in front of me for this one, just so it, everyone. Yeah, can yeah, see. It, yeah. We, I did because I think I, I don't know. I, honestly, I was gonna say I think you're more stubborn than me, but then I was like, I don't know. I might have to retract that. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, anyway, depends on the issue. I it think. really does. But uh, you know, and that was the. Thing. So, uh, all right. Well, that's wh- where you got. And I think for where you were at at the time, that was more relevant for you was the cultural issues. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so you were raised uh, in the CRC church and all that. Then you went to Calvin College, which my my father in law now, my, not my father in law, my uh, my grandfather, my wife's grandfather. That guy's hilarious, but he always calls uh, uh, Grand Rapids the second Jerusalem <laughs> because uh, he lives in a, a CRC area and all of them send their uh, their theology students to Calvin College out here. Oh, yeah. So he's always like, oh, wait, you live in the second Jerusalem? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, how's the temple? I'm like, the temple <laughs> seems to be holding up pretty good. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it is funny. But so what happened? So you went to Calvin College. So you were you went to a Calvin, like a CRC Christian school mm-hmm. for a while. And of course you had more important things to do in the theology and all that. You had yep. to chase girls. You had to go do, do sports. Pretend I knew what I was talking about. Plus exactly. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but you always knew you were going to be in computer engineering. Yeah. Yeah. At least for the last, I don't know, the years leading up to college. Right. So you went, so then you go to Calvin college. What happened with Brian at Calvin college? Well, I met this really pretty girl whose name is Stacy, who you've also seen on the channel. Um, but, uh, it was a little bit of eye opening. I was even more questioning at that point in time, like everyone's supposed to do in college, right? But I was, you know, some of the the doctrine things, um, you know, gay marriage at the time was kind of like a big hot button topic, and they had like a an interim class, and I was like, I'm gonna go to that because that sounds like it's gonna be a lot of controversy, and and but I never piped up because I was I like too... to see the world burn <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, I, but I didn't, you know, I'd like find some of the conversation fascinating, the arguments on both sides, but then I would never actually say anything out loud. I was in college is too much like, well, I'll make a snarky comment afterwards to my friends, but I'm not going to, you know, speak up in front of people. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> so, but I met, I met Stacy and, you know, she grew up Baptist. And so we're like trying to really understand each other's um, faith and background. And, and as, you know, we got engaged and we're talking about marriage and I was like, okay, well, what, which direction are we going to go? Um, we definitely wanted to be unified in our, in kind of our, our doctrine so that, eventually when there's kids that we can, we can teach them the right way. We can be consistent. We're not yoking on both sides. So, um, so anyways, we were like, okay, let's go to each other's churches and let's, let's see what it's all about. I, I only knew Baptist from the kids that came to my school that used to go to her school. So we went to school about 30 miles different, um, growing up. And so her high school was a Baptist high school and they were a little bit more strict than, than mine, which is more just a Christian school, but it was kind of CRC and, and, and it's kind of background. Um, but we would get a lot of the kids that would, that would get kicked out of there for different things. You like get they, the defunct kids. Yeah. Like they, they wore a skirt, like a half inch too short. You're out. You're going to, you're going to the other school. Um, so we knew a lot of the same people just by <laughs> these are people that had gone to school with Stacy and then did something and wasn't even <laughs> that bad. And then now they go to my school. So we kind of met them. So anyways, we had kind of fringe ideas of, of what the, each other's background was. So went to her church and really liked her pastor. Uh, she had a great youth group, which was like one of the things I, well, the first kind of like tinge of, of doubt on 
if I had been going to the right place, just because I was like, man, her youth group was solid. Like her, the kids were really close. They had an awesome youth pastor. They, they did activities and they talked about Bible. And it was like my youth group, not to say anything too bad about it, but it was a lot less Bible and a more, more just activities and right. keep the kids busy. Exactly. So when I saw that they were doing activities, but they were also really getting deep and they, they understood each other and they were really close. So I, that was one thing I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, and then she started coming to, to my church a little bit. And at the time we had a female pastor, which, you know, Stacy was like, I don't know about that. And it was a little bit different for her because she had grown up, well, female pastors are are not biblical. And, uh, you know, maybe you could argue on deacons and elders, stuff like that. But um, so that was something different for her. So we decided to go with each pastor and like, hey, just talk to us about the doctrine. Yeah, sit down, ask about doctrine. Now, for those who don't aren't aware, uh, Stacy grew up a different kind of Baptist than I did. Yeah. I grew up independent fundamental Baptist. And I'd say she, and wasn't she hers as part of like independent fundamental Baptist Churches of America or something like that. Yeah, I always like give her give her crap said that she went to normal general average regular Baptist church, but it was something like that. It was like regular general assembly of regular Baptists or something like that. Like they were the normal ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when people hear Baptists on here, like some some of our audience might be like, oh, she was IFB. No, 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 no. She was like no. she was the normal people. Although she did they did have like a sign above the door. She likes to joke around about that said like what is it? Silence promotes reverence yes. or something like that. <laughs> in other words, shut the heck up when you're in the sanctuary. Yes. Uh, so they still. Have had some of those things, but like nothing crazy. Uh, so anyway, you guys, back to your story. Yeah. Uh, you guys sat down with the pastors to discuss doctrine. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the first one that really kind of was, a, a, I wouldn't say a controversy, but very much a disagreement in how we grew up was baptism. So like I said, I was sprinkled as a kid. Um, Stacy was dunked. And so I was like, all right. I was like, all right. <laughs> This this has got to be easy, right? So I was like, Pastor, talking to my pastor, I was like, just give it to me. Like, what do we got for pedo baptism? And I didn't even know that word, right? I just knew it as infant baptism. Um, I was like, tell me, tell me why we baptize babies. And she goes, Oh, you know, there's a, the story about the Philippian jailer, and he was saved, and him and his entire family got baptized. And I was like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> what else you got? That. Like, it didn't say that he had babies. It just said his family. Like, I don't know how old they were. Maybe this guy had 20-year-old kids. I don't know. Um, and then she's like, well, you know, the uh, Jesus says, let the children come to me. And, you know, we should have faith like a child. And I'm like, oh, boy. And it was at that point in time, I kind of felt like the floor kind of fell. And at that point in time, right, I like to be cantankerous and I like to uh, have an opinion without actually researching it. So I'd already made up my mind on this, right? So I was like, this was here to show Stacy was wrong. And I was, this is probably the first major time where I kind of felt like, oh, that that flag I had planted might have been premature. <laughs> so, um, and you know, Stacy's giving me kind of that knowing look, kind of, you, you watch the office, like Jim and Pam, we were kind of having one of those moments. Like she's looking at me like, told you. <laughs> and I'm like, crap. <laughs> well, I mean, to be, yeah. And that's the thing. Stacy too is, I mean, she came on the program and you'd have to know she is not shy about speaking up when she needs no. to. Uh, but what's funny about Stacy too with this is, okay, so she was raised Baptist. And for those who aren't familiar, if you weren't raised Baptist, uh, that's, Baptists are really big on no matter what church you go to. Even IFB churches hammer a lot of like doctrinal points. You just get a lot of other things screwed up in between mm -hmm. uh, where they contradict themselves, but whatever. But Baptist churches usually are really big on doctrine. Like half their Sunday school classes are doctrine. And then once they get through all the doctrines, they go back and do it again. So it's funny because she's probably really well equipped. She's got the Swiss army knife of, of at least a general biblical understanding. Even if Baptist doctrines are wrong, she'll oh, yeah. be able to look at it with scrutiny. If somebody came at an opposing viewpoint, because She's been equipped now through yeah. that ministry. So it's just really funny that this boy <laughs> who could not care less about theology goes swinging at a girl who's like, that's, and her, her dad is theologically savvy as well. Oh yeah. Like John is really big into that. So it's really funny. The fact that you thought you could hold a candle, but yeah. good job, man. Yeah. I was dumb. <laughs> <You> tried. <laughs> so then we talking to her church, you know, one of the things that was interesting, um, went to a Sunday school one time at her church and someone brought up Catholics and one of the guys in the Sunday school was like, Oh yeah, well they're not saved. They're, they're not even Christian. And I was like, what did he just say? And so the little bit of the legalism part, but this just, you know, one guy at the Sunday school. So I asked Stacey afterwards when we got done and I was like, so 
what was that about? Like, we don't like Catholics. <laughs> you know, I, you know, here's, here's my level of, of theologic, uh, understanding, right? I'm like, Stace, we, we read the apostles creed all the time. We talk about believing the Holy Catholic church and Stace, you could just like face palm. Like, that's not what that means. <laughs> Catholic means universal, not the Roman Catholic church. Um, but she goes, no, some people, you know, see Catholicism, especially in, in Baptist circles as being, um, flirting with or almost promoting works-based salvation. And, you know, it's also my, is that wrong? <laughs> you know, this is, this is my level of theological understanding, right? I'm like, you know, I had basic understanding of these things, but I didn't. So she's kind of explained this to me, not that she was holding that perspective, but she's just explaining these things to me and using words that I'm like, I don't know what that means. So it was really kind of eye-opening for me and really kind of challenged me to realize that I really wasn't that well grounded in any kind of doctrine or understanding of the Bible. I knew some Bible verses and I, I felt pretty good about knowing who Jesus was, but that it was very surface level. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes, I mean, I think that happens to a lot of people at some point in the Christian faith. Like they eventually get to the point where they realize they know nothing and they never took it seriously. So they start taking it really seriously. Yeah. Or a lot of people defunct out of it. So, um, which is sad that that happens, but it is what it is. So, all right. So then you guys ended up getting married eventually. I really wish we had time on here for Stacey to pop in and tell the story of the first kiss. No, we're never telling that on the podcast. (laughs) You might have to tell us on the podcast at some point. Just its own special episode, but then we'd have to do a follow up episode of like something I did that's stupid that, that uh uh yeah guys you're missing out is is great let's just say Brian is a professional romancer <laughs> not at all oh my gosh so anyway uh so you guys got married and uh and you mentioned and and uh Stacy mentioned in her episode that you guys had uh it was like it started off fine then it went south you guys have some difficulties yeah. and then Braden was born and well, go ahead and just Lay it all out. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about this on the channel, but it was, you know, everyone's got that like honeymoon phase, right? And, you know, we had a longer engagement, uh, which Stacy on the channel again would say was too long. Me not knowing things, right? I'm like, oh, we, this is the time in my head that's an arbitrary line that we have to do. So anyways, we just, after honeymoon phase, it was just a little bit confrontational, right? And I don't think... Again, I don't think I had a good under, biblical understanding of how to be in a biblical marriage. I didn't have a good understanding of how to um, lead. I didn't. I was very much a complacent person. Again, like why I wasn't going to the doctor. I was like, ah, that's too much work. So a lot of things with with Stacy was like, ah, it's too much work, you know. And we'd have those those arguments, right? And we did, you know, even like just picking going out to to dinner was like every an ordeal. <laughs> every man can sympathize. It was really bad with us. And I'd say, okay, what do you want? She goes, I don't know, whatever you want. And I was like, well, if I pick wrong, then you're going to be upset with me. So I have to just, I have to try to kind of tease out of you what you you want without you just saying what you want. It was just complete absence of leadership on my part. And I couldn't even like go to as far as go, oh, I know Stacy likes lobster. Let's go to a lobster place. I was like, no. <laughs> and, and also coupled the fact that I'm pretty cheap. So I was like, oh, lobster's like $18. <laughs> we could go to get some fast food or something. Yeah, Wendy's. Yeah. So. Anyways, it, it got it got pretty bad, and I really put a lot of that on me. Um, it was an absence of leadership. It was an absence of of wanting to try. Um, I would go between you know being upset that she was what I would say being trying to take control, and then me not caring at all, and then I'd be mad when she took control, and and she's like, "What the heck, bro? Like you didn't make a decision, so I made one, and now you're mad at me about it." And so we had a lot of like hot and cold times, and and it even got so bad one point where we we're getting ready to buy a couch, and my dad and I were going to go to a Michigan game, and we were going to go to IKEA afterwards and go pick up a couch so we'd picked out a couch and all excited about that anyways um i don't know exactly how but i essentially went went saw my wife before we left i think we went and picked up the trailer and i was gonna say goodbye and she and i meet her at the door and she goes you know i don't think that couch is a good idea i was like what what do you mean and she's like well i don't I don't know that we're going to need to have furniture together. And I was like, oh, red flag. So, and I was like, okay, bye. I'm going to the football game. Let me think about this the rest of the day. So, Woo. yeah, so we dropped the trailer off. So, like, I guess we don't need that anymore. And, uh, yeah, so that was a little bit, like, pretty pretty uh, rock bottom there. Um, and we had a pretty big argument with a, we have a horse farm and truck broke down and 
anyways, we got in an argument about that and, uh, it came to the, and we'd gone to some counseling with some different, different places, some Christian counselors, some non, and they had kind of like, whatever, nothing really had changed. We tried some things, but it wasn't working. Um, and Stacey's dad was like, I think you should go to your pastor. I think you should talk to Patrick. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, we're mad at each other. So that too, who cares? And, um, <laughs> anyways, uh, he was great because, and I, I really credit a lot of, of his teaching and counseling to help change me and be more biblically focused. So therefore I can be a better husband. And, uh, the, the one of the things I'll never forget, um, he gave, he gave me a test and I didn't re- realize those tests. He was like, Hey Brian, I want you to pick up this book. It's really short. I want you to go buy this book and I want you to read it before our next counseling session. I'm like, okay. I can do that by book, whatever. So, you know, so this is, I think on a Monday, uh, Wednesday rolls around and say, so like, did you buy that book yet? And I'm like, no, I'll get to it though. And then like Wednesday or Thursday comes up and she goes and buys it. Cause she's like, this, this idiot is not going to go buy this book. So she goes and buys it. And then I kind of skim it, <laughs> right? This is my, <laughs> this is my level of care at this point. Right. And, um, and then we, we go to the next counseling session. She's like, so Brian, did you buy the book? And I'm like, well, you know, I was busy, so Stacy picked up for me, and he goes, "Stacy, why did you pick up the book? That was Brian's job." And she goes, "He wasn't going to go buy the stupid thing. It's like he always does." And he's like, "Yeah, but see how you were supposed to let him fail. You were supposed to that. This was his task as the leader of your household. This was a thing he needed to do, and he was not putting the effort in. And Brian, why didn't you put the effort into going buying the stupid book? It took would take you ten minutes." And I was like, "Busted! Oh no!" <laughs> I got owned, and I didn't even know I was getting owned. So, but it perfectly kind of revealed what was going on in our relationship, right? I was, I was uncaring. I was lackadaisical. I kind of complacent with everything. And, and Stacey seeing this vacuum leadership was like, well, things need to still get done. So I'm just going to go do it. And then I'm like, why would you do that for me? Stacey, I was going to go do that. And, and there was the tension, right? And we were not living complementarian lifestyle for married couple. And Stacey wanted to, but couldn't get me to do it. And I'm just kind of like, whatever, I'm going to go do my thing. (laughs) And, um, anyways, it wasn't an instantaneous fix from there, but it really kind of, that started a path of, of progression to move forward. And now we're in a really good spot and we kind of joke with each other looking back at that because that was a really bad time. And, uh, now we know how to detect it when kind of either of us are kind of falling into that complacency or whatever, some old habits and uh so we can warn each other on that now i kind of joke with her i'm like you ain't going nowhere like we good like we got through that you didn't leave me at my worst so (laughs) yeah fine we're fine so i kind of joke around with her a lot like you ain't going nowhere what are you talking about (laughs) like she get mad at me about something like yeah but we're still cool so whatever (laughs) and she's like well you still gotta care about me bro so (laughs) anyway she's pretty sarcastic so that makes it fun (laughs) yeah yeah she she doesn't hold back she's punchy that's my favorite part about stacy when when you and i first kind of met it was what i was like man this lady's hilarious yeah uh so one of the so that's it it is really funny because like that is one of the things that I've been critiqued on on this channel is the fact that we are complementarian uh, mm-hmm. and we're not egalitarian in our theology. Egalitarian in politics, you might say, but because we believe everyone's equal in value. So uh, theologically, that's it means something different. So mm-hmm. complementarian means men and women, different roles, yeah. God created them differently. And so it's probably one of the critiques we've gotten. And it's like, well, the, diff- the thing is, is that I have seen complementarian work out really well in my marriage and it's worked out you know, in yours, especially once you figured it out, you're yeah. like, Oh crap, I'm, <laughs> this is my job. And it's, and that was the whole curse of man, right? was a whole like, no, 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 you will work and you will do this by the sweat of your brow. You're going to compromise the, the, um, the present for the future. Yeah. And you were wanting just to not compromise the present and enjoy your present and not care about the future things. So you're complacent. Yeah. And, uh, that, and that's the part of the curse of man. And I think that's why many dudes in most marriages are very much dead. Like we just like so many guys, whenever marriages are like on the fritz, I've noticed it's almost every single time it's like a vacuum of leadership. And then mm-hmm. it's the woman having to like step in, but then he gets mad that his, his role's being stepped on because it's a stupid man's ego. Yeah. So anyway, I find that ironic, but then you had your son Braden and he was born at 25 weeks. You want to talk about premature? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I complained about being in the NICU for like 28 days and you guys were in there for <laughs> seven months. I would have, I think I would have killed someone. I think I actually would be in prison. I think I would have murdered someone. <laughs> Um, so, and I think that was kind of a breaking point for you guys, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, I think 
having a kid changes you regardless. And it was just a very difficult situation and one that started, you know, definitely changed my perspective on pro-life, pro-choice um, and made me very pro-life. But also it really kind of taught me the power of prayer and the right mindset for prayer, right? And I kind of really struggled with this, you know, praying for different things like, oh, please, God, let him not have to have a ventilator. And then he has a ventilator. Oh, please, God, please don't let him have to have a trach. Oh, he has a trach. Oh, please let us come out next week so that he can finally get home. Not that didn't happen. You know, but it was, it kind of changed my mind on like, you know, you prayer, you pray to expect that God has the power to do what he, what you're praying for. I think it's a, uh, it's a James one talks about the double-minded man. Um, th- that really kind of was where I was at, right? I was like, you know, I'd pray, but wasn't really expecting things to happen, but it started changing at that point in time. It was a lot of struggle and we went through a lot of different loss of expectations and perspective changes for what our life was going to be. Um, and also kind of brought us closer together. But this was also around the same time that we were struggling. So the str- struggle of having, uh, you know, Braden in the hospital. So all these things are kind of coming to a head. Um, and it, I think it was about two or three we really started kind of on the mend and doing a lot better. And so was he. So at the same time, he was healing and getting better. So was our marriage. So And things have been going pretty up since then. Sweet. So you got counsel from your pastor. You went, you changed, you got, you realized the fact that you weren't stepping up. Mm-hmm. And then you guys, so you guys eventually left that church because you were looking for like new, a new community or something like that. You're yeah. like, all right, new start. Let's get this thing going. And you eventually kind of moved along and landed in my podunk little church, which is funny because <laughs> uh, right now someone keeps, uh, has a little graphic that they've put up on Twitter of a picture of your wife with a young man on there and say, no nightclub churches. I'm like, dude, door Baptist is a podunk as it gets. We don't, there's another nightclub about no. our church. Uh, that church is like, it's like, you know, yeah, I can't even tell you how not uh, it is. But anyway, uh, you guys landed in there and yeah. that's where our friendship kind of uh, started. So well, how, what land did you adore, adore Baptist? So how did you get to where you are now? Uh, yeah. That? Well, and it was still a little bit of, I wasn't quite still there yet on that perfect leadership and I'm still, I still work on it. Right. But that, that godly leadership in the house, Stacy was still kind of like, okay, we kind of walked away from this other church and a little bit of that was complacency reasons too. Um, and then we'd been trying a couple of churches, but it weren't like, like gung ho on it. Like, oh, well, you know, I kind of got used to sleeping in on Sunday. That's kind of nice for a few weeks. And, um, anyway, so we checked out a couple of churches and she was like, well, this, there's this Baptist church right on the way, um, to Braden school. So why don't we check that out? And, you know, at this point in time too, at the last church, I did end up getting baptized again. So I really, and that was one of the reasons why we didn't. Oh yeah. You did believe it was baptism. That's right. I did. Yeah. And, and that was one of the reasons why we didn't become Baptist right away after we got married, married, because it really kind of convicted me that that was mostly right. Um, was there like, well, you have to be baptized, believers baptism in order to be a member. And I was like, well, screw you guys. I got sprinkled. That's pretty much the same thing. And I, again, didn't know. Right. And, um, and I'm not saying that uh, we can get in the, watch the baptism video on a whole explanation of, of kind of our perspective on that. Yeah, but it even, it even changed after you and I met. So. It did. But, um, but anyways, so we'd still been on the church we were going to was very Baptist like. And so we're checking for another Baptist. So we re-roll up on, on your church and on a very snowy day and we're like, whatever. You know, I Stacey kind of been asking me for like several weeks, like, let's check out this church, let's check out the church. And I was like, yeah, okay, well, maybe next week. You know, I, I had a long week of work. <laughs> and what would have happened if you didn't? We wouldn't be friends. I know. Look at this. Stacey's always right. It's on camera now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an official record. Let's get, somebody put that in a GIF and we'll just make sure we always put it on uh, our channel so, all the time. I'll save it on my phone. There you go. <laughs> but um, yeah, so then we met and, you know, I really... Some of the things that you you preach in your first sermon, your your sermon was one of the first ones I really was like like really into. I was like, oh, this guy, you know, you have a good way of speaking, and I enjoyed with the content. And you were saying some things I was like, I think I may have seen a couple podcasts this guy's seen because you were saying some things I was like, I I've heard other people say some similar yeah, things. I quoted Peterson, and yeah, I quoted Nietzsche, and a few other things. Yeah, yeah. so I was like, okay, this place is pretty cool. So um, that was a Super Bowl Sunday <laughs> that we were there, and yeah, Super Bowl Sunday and a blizzard. Yeah. By the way, there was how many people were in the church when you guys showed up? 
I think there was like six or seven people. I was there. gonna say there was like <laughs> nobody. Like normally it was like seventy-five person church, and there was no one that Sunday. I distinctly remember you guys, a new family, walking in, and uh, you know we barely got the parking lot plowed in time. Yeah, and a uh, very small staff and group. And then I just remember you guys as a new family. I was like, oh great, of course the day of the blizzard. <laughs> that and for those who don't know, it's a very country area. Like it is the last area to get plowed. Ever. Mm -hmm. So when you get slammed here, a lot of people stay home because, well, no one wants to get stuck in a cornfield where no one's going to drive by and see you. So they'll just stay yeah. home. And so it was <laughs> for me, it was so it was so like, oh, no, the day they come is the day <laughs> that no one's going to be here. And the only people that came were the, that would come. There was like one old group, old old family that came from a ways away. And for whatever reason, they did not care about the rose and they just braved them. And there was a couple others, but everyone else stayed home. Yeah. So anyway, you showed up and I, oh, I remember preparing for that message too. <laughs> I had it. I was like, it was a really well cooked sermon. And then like eight <laughs> people are there. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. So I was telling you like, Brian, I swear it's more people that go to this church. I swear. Yeah. And then we came, we were like, okay, that was really cool. Pastor was nice. People were really there. We got that really kind of real feeling from the church. Like it wasn't a bunch of that. Like almost like that fake personality where I'm, my life is perfect. Again, like, podunk. We, yeah. we, we, we don't, we can't afford a facade. Yeah. And it wasn't the, you know, like, Hey, what Bible verses did you read this morning before coming to church? Aren't you a great Christian? It was just like, Hey, what do you, what do you do for a living? Hey, what brought you in? And it was just, I, I felt that realness right away. But the next Sunday we went to, it was also blizzard and there's still almost nobody there. And I was like, this guy's lying. There's no one that comes to this church. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyways, we started talking after church and kind of, um, decided that we were going to have you guys over for dinner because we were excited about the church at that point. It was funny is that you had never even met my wife. No, we had not. <laughs> and so, and uh, like Stacy would be like, oh, have you met his wife yet? I seen his wife. And you're like, no, I, who, he, who's his wife? She's like, it's a Korean. You're like, like a little Asian lady. And you're like, okay, no, I haven't seen an Asian lady. You have to understand my wife is probably one of two Asian people in the entire county. Um, so like the, what was funny about that aspect of that, that was the fact that you guys haven't even met her because of the blizzards that we were mm -hmm. going through. Now, at this point, we lived on property. So we rarely canceled church mm -hmm. because, well, I could get to church no problem. Yeah. I just walk up the driveway. Uh, so, but <laughs> what was funny is the fact that with, with that part is that my wife had to keep filling in the nursery because our secretary who was there had a kid. And so my wife would just be in there the entire time mm -hmm. filling in for all the people who couldn't make it. Yeah. So it was the irony uh, of that whole situation just cracks me up. So you never knew she was there because she had to keep filling in the other way. And then I had to keep doing praise and yeah. music. Uh, yeah, it was we literally stalked her picture on the church website before you guys came over. Like, okay, I at least want to like see what she looks like so I can say, Hey, <laughs> you know, there's a little bit more familiarity when you show up on my front door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, then we had a, uh, your wife made an amazing steak dinner that night. She mm -hmm. poured us some wine. And I remember that was apparently a thing where she was like, Oh, you think wine? You're like, no, he's a Baptist pastor. What are you doing? And she's yeah. like, yeah, he can say no. <laughs> typical Stacy, just like, whatever. I'm just going to throw it out there. See what happens. Yeah. Um, and I, it was funny because every time we met, I would tell Callie about you guys. I'm like, I oh, don't know. They're a really cool group. Of, they're really two, a really cool couple. Brian, he's kind of quiet. Can't get that guy out of his shell, but his wife is hilarious. <laughs> and it's mainly because your wife and our kindred spirits were both very eccentric. We, were, we just put ourselves out there. You yeah. and Callie are more naturally reserved. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when we first got through the table, I was like, man, I can't get a word out of this Brian guy. I mean, he seems <laughs> nice. He's just he's so quiet. Oh, well, Stacy's hilarious. So I just sat there and talked with her for a while and my wife is equally reserved. So she's just being sweet and giggly at the table and you're mm -hmm. chuckling. And then the moment happened where I don't know who mentioned it. I think you did. I mentioned, I was like, I don't know if you guys seen it, but like louder or Crowder or whatever. And then you're like, oh yeah, louder or Crowder. Love, like you mentioned it's changed my mind segments. And that's when you and I realized that you and I were more similar than you were leading on. You were just keeping your clothes, uh, cars too close to your chest. Yeah. That's when like we locked eyes across the table and like little hearts started popping in my <laughs> eyeballs. And I was like, this guy's pretty cool. And then we really hit it off the rest of the night. We were talking about all kinds of crazy stuff and just podcasts. We'd listen to videos. We'd saw opinions we have. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just really was like <laughs> finally. And, uh, what was cool about that. So for those who don't like, it is for what's funny also real quick is my wife was like, all right, honey, we can go to these, this family's house, but she's introverted. And she's like, can we just not make it a late night? Mm -hmm. Well, that was, we left at like 1130. So it's definitely, <laughs> and we had to like force ourselves out. I'm not sure if you remember that. We're like, okay, we got to go. I think we talked in the entryway 
to my front door for another 15 minutes before I, you guys yeah. left. Yeah, and it was like, and uh, Callie literally kicked me under the table when we were there talking because she's <laughs> like, dude, I have to work in the morning. Like, get your butt home. And I had to work in the morning too, but I don't mind going on lack of sleep if I'm socializing. Yeah. So, um, uh, what, so then we left, and of course, you warned me about the speed trap. I didn't listen. I got a $120 <laughs> speeding ticket on my way home because I didn't pay attention to that uh, speed trap. I didn't know where it was. I just, you said, there was a thing and I was like, okay, whatever, Brian. I said where it says 25, drive 25, not 27. <laughs> <laughs> Got nailed. Well, that was a good way to start a friendship. But yeah. uh, then um, from there, uh, the, the friendship really kind of took off. Like we just, it, you guys started coming to church. I mean, you guys were at church regularly. Yeah. Finally, my wife knew who you were. Uh, I even tried to describe you like, you know, he's that really tall, like, you know, kind of a ginger guy, like red hair, <laughs> like orangish hair. Yeah, I know. You don't think of that. Yeah, I, this is blonde, guys. You can see. I will adjust the hue on this later, so it definitely makes me look right on this. Okay, well, guys, <laughs> uh, if you do this in the comments below, let us know on the YouTube video. And if you're listening on audio, just go to the YouTube video and tell it, tell him he's a ginger. <laughs> he's in denial. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, that was probably the coolest. So then what ended up happening was over time uh we you know we connected you got involved in the church then you realized that you're a political geek because at this point you were tired of being wrong because your whole the whole thing with the marriage really you grew so you yeah. started learning and then you started realizing that theology is a whole lot of fun uh you and i really got into that so yeah what what happened there you know your wife actually had the idea to have me filming for uh sunday school one time oh, yeah, and i was right. like okay i'll i'll do a sunday school i'm i don't know at this point in time i kind of didn't care about public speaking and I liked hearing the sound of my own voice. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And, uh, it went pretty well and then decided to jump into kind of an expository series on a book of the Bible. And I decided to choose Hebrews cause Hey, why not? I like apologetics. It's a apologetics book. <laughs> oh goodness. And Hebrews like the most theolo one of the most theologically complicated books you could possibly choose. Yeah. There's some uh, controversial parts in there too. <laughs> yeah, <a little> bit. <laughs> there's, and what was funny the way I handled that with you, some people might give me a bad rap for this because like, oh, as a pastor, you should have definitely taken him under your wing and like and like shouldered the theology with him and like really discipled him into it. But I know Brian at this point is like, I don't know, he's a pretty smart guy. And so he's gonna research this stuff. So I was like, go ahead and do it. And uh I just kind of I talked to you about context essentially. It was like, yeah, context matters, all this. And what was funny is the random text you would send me. Hey, dude, I need your opinion on this. Like, what is happening here? I'm thinking this. And I'm like, yeah, there it is. And it was a lot of fun. because uh, Also, that was another thing we didn't mention here. Before you guys even joined the church, you guys, you sent me a text on my stance on like 13 topics. And you didn't, and I shot you my answers. And then you never said whether you agreed or not. Yeah, I just said thanks. And I was like, perfect. Well, I'll never see them again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, By that point in time, too, I was kind of like, when going through Sunday school, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of like shedding my original beliefs. Like I, the things I believed being a Calvinist, not necessarily because they're wrong or not, but because I really didn't know the biblical basis for it. I hadn't, I had learned the topic and never learned the why. And so going through Sunday school, you know, trying to explain uh, chapters of the Bible to people in front of you is like, okay, well, you better know it well, because you're going to get questions on it, right? There's going to be discussions on it. So going through Hebrews, like, okay, well, Hebrews 2, okay, it talks about focusing on your salvation. What does that mean? Okay, uh, Hebrews 6, this sounds like it's talking about losing your salvation. What does that mean? Uh, you go through the halls of faith with Hebrews um, 11. 11. And uh, so it was a lot of really interesting stuff. And I was also doing it in the King James at the time, too, which I grew up on the NIV. NIV so I was like, almost choking on the words trying to read them in front of her i was like okay and then you're like here here's an esv you might like this a little bit better <laughs> i was like yeah please take this for the, your sake and mine <laughs> yeah i think it's a little bit easier when you did that <laughs> but yeah we started um you know just hanging out a lot more too and uh, jokes on cali we hang out at late night all the time oh not but she's gotten little, used to it <laughs> this is that one time you were on your way back from a horse show and you texted and i was like yeah hey i'm up if you want to swing by for a beer come on over <laughs> and you did at like 1 30 in the morning you and i are sitting there with beers and my wife is like what is literally wrong yeah. with you two <laughs> i don't know we'll get along yeah it was I, no one else likes my voice and i'm a morning person so that was like a little bit even more out of my comfort zone but like oh we like we're just talking about theology and talking about ideas and i don't know it was a lot of fun just kind of getting to know you and getting to know your ideas and being able to talk with someone and in a safe place right to be like okay is this idea right like tell me what do you think 
And then there's other ones where I was like, you know, honestly, Brian, I don't know about that. Let's research it together. Mm -hmm. Like, let's look into this. I, that sounds fun. And that was what was cool about our friendship and it has been cool about our friendship is that it is a place where we, you and I can both punch each other a little bit and figure out and dig into it for the truth. Yeah. And uh, that was a, that's a big thing for you and I is the nature of truth. We always, we've talked about that plenty of times. I'm not sure if I've talked about a lot on this channel. I probably should. But uh, the, the thing is also – so then what ended up happening is the whole – podcast yeah the church split this <laughs> this was born uh was born in the ashes of a church split yeah and you had heard about my first church split th uh, which i have talked about on this channel a little bit uh there's a video i think my first church split you guys go check that one out but the um you heard about it and you never understood like what a church split even was you had never experienced one no. you'd never talked about one before so then now here we are experiencing a church split and uh why don't you talk about the background because what was nice about this was for for me as a pastor it's actually a very lonely life as a pastor uh all the close friends i had betrayed me uh, in my first church split the people i trusted in the most even they wouldn't show grace even if they thought there was a screw up or a mistake in my point part mm -hmm. they didn't and they just walked away uh there's all these weird things that happen so I was in a very weird position because personally, I didn't have any close friends nearby anymore. Uh, I was almost regretting being close to people in the church because it blew up in my face and they used uh, normal interactions that we were okay with against me just for the sake of ammo. Yeah. And so then you came along and you were like the first person I felt like I connected with for a while. So what was nice was having somebody run interference for me because no matter what I said during the split situation, uh, wouldn't fix it. Yeah. I, I got a nasty phone call at 1030 at night by an associate, my associate pastor at the time. And he exploded and said all sorts of wonderful things uh, over the phone. And whenever I tried to defend myself, accused me of just being argumentative. Yeah. Like, well, you're saying things that are factually inaccurate. And then you had to run interference. You were like, you know what? Forget it. This is, the, you know, this is my church. This is my friend. And this is all wrong. Why don't you talk about how that worked and how this eventually was born? Yeah, and this was all around the same time, right? Launching the podcast and the situation, which was kind of funny. And I had said yes to helping with the podcast just because I had no intention of being in front of the camera for one. <laughs> and two, I was like, well, I I did I played around with video editing in um, in high school, and I'm a computer engineer, so anything connected to the computer is kind of naturally interesting to me. So I was like, okay, I'll help you with that. Um, and we had actually done one episode on alcohol at the time because that was my first church split. That was your church, yeah. And so I you felt had, like I, I should have this. Locked and loaded. That's actually another thing. This podcast was intended to be basically a library of biblical teachings that I teach, mm -hmm. that I stood on. That was my original intent. I call it the church split because it was catchy, which was actually uh, like basically my foster daughter. We took her in. Uh, her, um, we've had her on the channel briefly, uh, Tabby. We had her on. It was her idea. I was like, what would we even call this? She's like, call it the church split because that's all what you do is split churches. <laughs> you know, everyone hates you, so you may as well own it. I was like, thank you for that honesty, but sure, let's go with it. And, uh, you know, she so that's where it came from and you know you and i got the graphic together and all this stuff but i wasn't expecting it to be something that was like what it is now which is more far-reaching yeah we we're more just goofing off the time but then we had the associate pastor get upset about the topic of alcohol and other things and uh and i ended up having to run interference on it because i'm watching you try to discuss it with him and and he's getting mad at you because he's like well, all you like to do is argue well but i was like but he's defending himself against the claims you're making so i realized like and at this point in time, I had totally embraced the idea of the unity through truth that what we push on this channel all the time. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to give this guy some truth and everything's going to be better, right? I mean, he's a reasonable guy. I'm sure this will be fine. So I had coffee with him and talked through like, okay, well, you know, give me your perspective on it. Let me listen and then let me kind of defend Will on kind of what 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 I feel from a biblical perspective. And it went pretty well. And I was like, oh, I even called you afterwards. I was like, I think, I think it's just kind of a, a speed bump. I think this isn't going to be a big deal. And it turned out to be a way big deal, but, and end up having to confront him more on this issue. But yeah. it was, it was so eye opening to me that it was uh, some legalism in there that I really didn't fully grasp either. Having not really grew up in a lot of legalism. And I was like, okay, these are some opinions you're pushing. And one of the things he kept saying was, what if like, didn't like that you, you drank, even though he was okay with drinking, but it was just kind of self admitted. He had a few. Yeah. So, <laughs> and he's saying, well, what if someone in the community saw my pastor having a drink at a restaurant. What would they think about Christianity in the church? And I'm coming at it from a CRC background going, I don't think they would care. What are you talking about? Yeah, CRC, they're very much like, <laughs> yeah, we, we have beers. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so it's kind of 
me at the same time learning what does all this legalism is about and how it kind of some of these opinions and standards are so intertwined with people's beliefs and they don't they don't see where the bible ends and their opinion begins Oof, and they yeah. and they 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 elevate their opinion to the same perspective or level of God. And so arguing that is difficult. And that was kind of the one of the reasons why we did the, the pastor Rachel rebuttal was some of those legalism in there. It's like, how do you address those things? And I think the best part is just to let it see the light of day. Let it, let it, um, uh, let it show it doesn't hold up. Yeah, let it sh- try it against the Bible. Let's see what Bible verses you have. Same thing I did with uh, my pastor years ago, and say, <laughs> give me the, give me all the the reasons for infant baptism, and it does it hold up or not. And so, anyways, it was it was a long road, and it was <laughs> starting a channel called the Church Split, just kind of us goofing off and kind of having fun with the camera to experiencing one firsthand and seeing how devastating it is, and it just it just it turned to kind of a snowball effect is you have people starting to jump into camps and you have gossip like crazy. And that's when I really understand ironically, at the same time I'm going through first and second Timothy for Sunday school. And I'm seeing in real time, the gossip and how bad it is in the church that Paul is warning Timothy about seeing that firsthand in the church. So there was a couple of little mic drop moments during Sunday school. Like y'all need to change your minds here. This is what Paul's talking about. You don't run around slander people behind their back and then take a story and run with it like, yeah yeah absolutely which if you haven't watched my swearing video because i talk a lot about the sin the the biblical sins of the tongue and i think if people focus more on the biblical sins of the tongue as opposed to oh my word someone used a, a potty word and i can't handle it i think you we will be the church will be in a much better place because the church seems to think that they can gossip as a prayer request yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know really pray for for our pastor he's let me tell you all the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it gets silly. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was really eye opening to me and, and just seeing both the legalism of that can happen in the church as well as how bad division is. And it really started kind of shifting my perspective on what we were even doing with the channel. And it was, it's a little bit less goofing around and more, okay, there's, there's definitely a ministry aspect here, but there's also, um, there's some real truth here and there's a p- potential for change and prevent potential to help people change their perspectives. Actually, I think that was what, that, that was what made me go, you know what, we're doing this church split thing. This is ridiculous. Cause I, uh, you you know, it was funny how how much it exploded, like mm-hmm. the, the situation that it, that was. Uh, the, this person uh, that that was like, oh yeah, he was there for the first church split over alcohol. Now again, if you watch my first church split video, it was about alcohol. That was the the moral thing they tried to push against the church uh, to for their own political ends. Mm-hmm. But what ended up, so they use it as an excuse, really. And this guy was like, oh yeah, no, I totally there with you. I have a beer once in a while. This is it's really stupid and legalistic. I'm like, yep. Well, then he made a big deal about it later, and he goes, well, over the last year, my my opinion has changed. And I was like, okay. And you never told me yeah. that you're working as my associate, but now you're trying to use it as a weapon against me. Um, and then what's funny is that he would make claims that were straight up not true. Like, oh, this situation happened, and you and you just told that person to deal with it. And I was like, no, I sat. That's a lie. I sat down with that person. You know this because I called you afterwards, and I sat down with that person and I told them uh, my true intent. That it was no intention intending to offend. Asked for their forgiveness. They said, yeah, no problem. And it was perfectly fine. And it had been fine for weeks until yeah. now. This argument has come up and you're upset and now you're just trying to pull anything out of the woodwork uh then the other one was funny was the fact of like we had a praise and worship team and some of the kids on there were not church kids uh they had found our church and we Mm. were discipling them but their lives weren't perfect because they're teenagers name one teenager that's a perfect life okay and then uh my favorite part was like well that right there, you know, they they had some things in their life that they weren't they should not have been in the worship team. You show way too much grace. And then later yeah. on was like, you are way too harsh. And you just think you're always right and you just put things the way it is. And you know, I agree with you 99% of the time, but I don't like the way you do it. You know, yeah. you're always too harsh. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You just what said, is oh, it? <laughs> yeah, which one is it? Am I too harsh or am I too gracious? Because over here you're accusing me of being too gracious, and then you're saying now you're saying I'm too harsh. And then his response was essentially, Oh, yep, there it is. Yep, you gotta be always right, you gotta argue. I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to literally figure out what your what your problem is, but you know you're you're speaking on both sides of your mouth, and I'm very confused. I, I'm just trying to be reasonable. So uh, I, that so whole crazy. situation was insane. And then what was so what people don't understand is that this associate was very close to a lot of people in the church, mm-hmm. and then it just sowed more and more and more seeds of discord because after they had left, phone calls continued. 
phone call. And then I was having one meeting. I was like, what is it? I was having two meetings a week for a while there. Yeah. But different people had heard the, through the gossip train. And I finally got to the point where what, we had one people who uh, came in on Sunday and they're like, yep, yeah, well, we just can't handle this anymore. And I'm like, what do you mean can't handle this? It's like, well, you're doing, you're giving alcohol to minors. I'm like, I'm not giving alcohol to minors. <laughs> that rumor stemmed from a 20 year old girl who had been living with us for like two years, uh, had a sip of a beer that tasted like chocolate. She had a sip. I mean, less alcohol content than like, a what's yeah. in a cough syrup, cough syrup. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, give it to minors. Like it's a 20 year old with a sip. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> All right. That's, that's like saying what you ran a red light when it turned red, when you were first underneath it, like not really, or like you're three quarters of the way through it. And, oh, you read it. And it turned red. Oh, you ran a red light. Not even that. It's even more ridiculous, but anyway. Yeah. And it turned into and like, well, we just, we just can't handle it. So they, and what they were doing those during Sunday school, they got everyone who was walking into the church. You remember this? And they're pulling everyone aside and then they're spreading the gossip to all these people at once. Mm -hmm. And you remember seeing this. It was hilarious. Like, yeah, it drove me nuts. Cause like, you're, you're teaching Sunday school. Yeah. And like my wife texts was like, babe, some people are out here saying crazy stuff. So I had to get up in the middle of Sunday school, bolt out there, look at the person like you, me and my office now. And we had it out. And I was like, look, you need to, I'll never forget this moment. This is so funny. And so I was like, it's all gossip. I was like, none of this is true. Everything you're saying in here is literally false. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, it doesn't matter. And then uh, they're like, we can't be here anymore at this church. And so they start walking out. And uh, I literally said, I was like, well, I hope you change your mind and you're welcome back anytime. And the moment they walk out, he literally turns and goes, I guess we're no longer welcome here. And then starts, <laughs> I'm like, I literally just said you're welcome here anytime. <laughs> I, I don't know. how. <laughs> and then that was the moment I realized people can be really, really stupid. But it was malicious. The, yeah. The entire thing, you saw the maliciousness that can occur in a church. And yeah. then there's a lot of other situations in that I don't think we have time to explore every single one. Well, the thing that it made me realize is that you know, this is how it's devastating because it can split churches, but even more so, like you talk to people that are atheists, right? And you say, why are you an atheist? And almost always it's some experience they had around either someone who touted themselves as a Christian or were actually at a church and some stupid, crazy thing happened. Like, oh, they're just crazy people. And I'm watching this going, these are some crazy people. Like, I see where if, if you don't have a good foundation for your beliefs already and then you see Christians acting like children, petulant children in the church who can't figure out how to handle a disagreement and gossiping about each other and just sniping each other. It's like, where is the love of Christ in you? It's not there at all. And someone who's seeing that and doesn't that firm in their faith can go, well, this is this is garbage. And so this is why I think it's so important for us to have this channel. It's like, guys, this is how you stop not only churches splitting over dumb things. This is how you keep people in the faith. This is how you keep people following Christ. And that's important. Right. Well, in Acts 15, it literally says that there was no small disagreement amongst the believers. Yeah. In other words, they were all getting after it, man. Like they were arguing with each other, uh, but, you know, in the Jewish way, that which means that they were uh, fulfilling the Lachan Hurrah, which means that they weren't slandering each other, but yeah. they were arguing, which is okay to argue, arguing as in exchanging ideas. Uh, and, that, and there were so many things that happened during that time that it was like, yeah, this is why people leave church. This is yeah. why people leave God behind, because people don't know how to disagree like adults. They don't know how to treat uh, the Bible with a certain amount of honesty. They they go over it with opinion, and they don't understand the fact that there are different positions people can hold to biblically. And, uh, and they're like, "Well, if somebody believes that, then what does that say about our church?" And it's like, "Well, yeah, who cares? yeah there's some differences. You know, Calvinism, Arminianism, all that." You know, you want to argue about that in your church? Fine, go ahead. If you want to split a church over a debate that's been occurring over two thousand years in Christianity. Go ahead. But it's just foolishness because that is something. And again, it goes down to uh, I, I saw um, Dr. Chris Date actually mentioned this. Yeah, like somebody's like, well, what do you do about all the people who disagree in the Bible? Uh, you know, doesn't that say the Bible's wrong? He goes, oh, wait, you mean the fact that people can be wrong, but the Bible's not? <laughs> <laughs> got him. Like, got him. <laughs> and it's true. And that's yeah. and that's I think where, where for you and I, this became really important. I'd been a theology nerd for a while, very frustrated with the church, but still trying to work in ministry and still working with the church because I'm like, you are the church, the, the body of believers is the bride of Christ, right? Like these are the people that God loves and mm. died for. So I have to minister, even though I was constantly frustrated with how people would behave over divisive topics. Yeah. And so 
I guess that puts us to here we are now, right? Yeah, and that's been kind of a, a fun journey, and I've I've seen how that apologetics and doctrine and um, everything in the Bible is such a bottomless pit, right? There's so much to learn there, and politics is interesting, right? And it's still a side hobby of mine to just kind of keep up with the times, but there's so much more in um, apologetic arguments and and just walking through linear logic there. Um, different doctrine ideas are fascinating to me. And we had uh, Dr. Liz Jackson on uh, mm-hmm. a while ago, and I really liked her perspective on philosophers. It's like, well, philosophers put on ideas like they put on pants. Like, let me put this on, see how it feels. And it was like such an interesting idea because that's what I had been starting to do without even realizing I was doing it on purpose. It was, okay, I'm, let's try this idea on. Let's try on determinism. Is is that does that really hold water? Let's try on these different um, doctrines and see do they make sense? Uh, we got really far into just understanding um, Jehovah's Witnesses for a while with a mutual friend, yeah. and that was fascinating to me. Just like how someone can read the same verse that I read and and just way way different. And you're like, how'd you get there? And you really start understanding context. You understand what is plain meaning of the text mean? How do you interpret something as literal or figurative? Where, how do you draw those lines? And it's, it's, it's just so fascinating to me. And we've had other things on the channel, like we had Ethan on, that's really understood at this point when it was, I started understanding the IFB specifically and you know, he essentially came out of the IFB church on the channel, which at time was like really kind of refreshing to me and almost a watershed moment of, okay, this is, this something we're doing. That's, that's more real than I thought. It's, it's even, it's definitely more than just dinking around of talking about alcohol or whatever, or some fun doctrine topics, but it really is, it's matters to people. It's, it's meaningful and it's helping change lives for the better. I hope for the better, but for Ethan, it sort of seemed like that. And just watching him kind of walk through some of his experience and what he was walking away from and how to shed legalism was really kind of eye-opening to me. Yeah. Well, especially when you saw it, like, like afterwards, he just, you could just tell a burden had been lifted after our interview, which yeah. that was one of the most real interviews I've ever had. And he was an old friend of mine mm-hmm. who actually stopped being friends with me because he was in legalism. He, yeah. he was like, no, nah, and I didn't know that. I just thought he got busy with kids or whatever. And he's like, no, I purposely broke ties because I thought you were a reprobate. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really funny. Uh, he's a great friend of mine. Hopefully having him on eventually uh, uh, with a follow-up i just think it'd be great he's such a cool guy yeah he's really great so honestly you know and that's what this comes down to you know people seem to think that like because and i think this is the thing that people have mentioned like oh because we try to do a free exchange of ideas here it means that we're like moral pluralists oh so you guys are just pluralists you know everyone's equally right no 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 yeah uh that there's definitely you know uh one of the biggest critiques you and i had was uh probably that we needed to push back on brenda with god as gray more my biggest thing is i wanted to show her that uh a fundamental christian someone who believes who's more conservative in their Christianity isn't the stereotype that progressives try to label on us. They mm-hmm. try to say that we're cantankerous. We push back. We always fight. And for us, it was like, no, let's have a conversation. See, we're completely capable of being tame, even though, yes, we do greatly disagree. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I really, really question progressive Christianity in a lot of ways. And I'm, I'm probably more critical of that privately uh, than I've been even on this channel, which I'll probably be more, more open about as we keep going. Cause yeah. I, I don't, actually, I don't know. We did that progressive Christianity thing with alternate yeah, we media. We were pretty open on that yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> never mind. We tore it apart. I was like, did we ever do that? Like, I was like, I feel like people might not understand the fact that we're actually pretty harsh on it. Anyway, but, you know, this really comes down to the fact that the Bible, it, it, I'm just going to quote Chris Date here. The Bible is right. We just might be wrong. Mm-hmm. And so the biggest thing is let's look at the Bible with, with, with scrutinous, keep testing ideas, which means somebody might disagree with you for a minute because they're studying the same Bible and coming to a different conclusion. Like our mutual friend with Jehovah's Witness, uh, which mm-hmm. he actually converted out of Jehovah's Witness doctrines because of that very long conversation over some whiskey. And that's another thing. Uh, people want to say alcohol is wrong. I was like, dude, this guy came with whiskey to talk about, you know, salvation issues. Yeah. And if I'm like, oh, no, I'm too stuck up because I don't need whiskey. I'm here to talk to you about the Bible. <laughs> it's like, no, dude, just have the whiskey. Don't make a big deal about it make him feel comfortable so that way he you know they're open yeah. enough to be like yeah let's have this conversation this guy's not stuck up in his own ways he's here to have have this conversation and yeah. you know he converted out because of that conversation which is so cool yeah uh you know so point is is be willing to challenge your biblical thinking 
And I'm not saying I'm right. You know, I've been studying a, a, a few topics that I'm like, I'm still trying to figure out this more specifically. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, one of my favorite things I've been studying lately is uh, Judaism in relation to Christianity. Okay, what parts of, like, how does that relationship work? Is Christianity a complete departure from the original? Or is uh, or is there a, a distinction here that needs to be made? And mm-hmm. honestly, I've been finding more and more help find, studying uh, Judaic thought and in relation to Christianity. That's been a lot of fun for me. Yeah. Also, if you want to talk about revelation, dude, all I know is that we went in the end at this point, like, <laughs> like, like pre-trib, pre-wrath, post-amil. I don't care. I, I, we, all I know is it works out in the end of the book. Yeah. God wins in the end. Don't, I don't Satan. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> it's already written down how bad you're going to get your butt kicked. So I don't even know why you're going to try it, but here you go anyways. <laughs> yeah, well, and what's funny is that like, I recently saw that a friend of mine said that uh, he, uh, not a friend of mine, but through a Facebook group, he posted that like, Hey, this guy is no longer pre-trib at his distance. Disby church, his dispensational church. (laughs) And people are calling him a false teacher and stuff now. And I'm like, guys, seriously, nobody has seen the future besides John (laughs) and Jesus at this point, right? Like, it's to sit there and call someone a false teacher because they're coming to a different conclusion on an apocalyptic book that is very complicated. That's the type of stupid thing that splits churches. Yeah. You know, uh, the the Israel thought they fi- had the Messiah all figured out, and then suddenly he died for everyone, and everyone's like, "What?" Like, yeah, you know, oops. <laughs> yeah, everyone thinks they have things figured out until they realize that they don't. You know, that's the whole thing. No man knows the day nor the hour, and some of God's ways are mysterious to man. And it's that way on purpose to keep us digging, to keep us learning, to keep us open, and to keep us pursuing God. Because if He just handed us a systematic theology book that was perfectly well organized, would be much more to learn. Yeah. So anyway, uh, is there anything else we should add to that story of yours? I was just going to say, I think it's been fun. It's been humbling. Guys, we put a a video and to see people watching it, it's like, wow, okay. So this is interesting because it really was just started as like a fun little hobby. And it's been, it's moved into something a lot more real, but it's also very humbling and exciting at the same time. Um, And it's been interesting to get into these different things and understand legalism better and uh, appreciate our audience enjoying some of the humor, right? We enjoy making memes too. And we're going to poke fun of these things uh, partly to kind of desensitize you to being so uptight about all these little things. It's like, look, if we're so knee jerk hair trigger reaction to some of these divisive topics, we're never going to spend enough time to find the truth. So the memes are there to kind of go, okay, (laughs) this is kind of funny. All right. That will that dig a little bit at me because I I think that way, but now I can laugh at myself and, and enjoy the humor and understand that there's a lot of grace out there and there's a lot that we don't understand. And it's just an opportunity to learn more, to think on it longer and to, you know, let the Holy Spirit work in you and show you the truth. Absolutely. And I think that is that's where it really comes down to in this this topic. And it's just as people have gotten to know you a little bit through this, uh, one of the funniest things that I I saw uh, some guy tweeted who was hating on RFB and us. And uh, the one guy commented, it's like, oh, yeah, that church split guy doesn't surprise me. He just seems desperate for attention. I'm like, bro, <laughs> are you joking? Like, I started this, like, that just goes to show people don't know, right? Which is why it's probably important that we do this. Uh, yeah. Because it's like, now we started as like a little side hobby thing. Uh, now we have over 100,000 views and listens. So, like, yeah, that was, that's a little <laughs> humbling. Yeah. But the thing is, is when it comes to it, yeah. Like, it's not about, you know, being big. It's not about being famous. It's just about trying to find truth. And, you know, even if there's a small community that learns or grows from this ministry, then awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, it really comes down to just wanting to find truth and then find our unity through diversity. So uh, anyway, guys, thanks for watching. Anything you want to add real quick, Brian? No, I appreciate everyone Uh, listening. But anyway, guys, I hope this is helpful. I hope this was uh, just a fun conversation. And what maybe once in a while we'll do more conversations like this. But, you know, if you haven't already like and subscribe uh especially um subscribe that's what we need uh, if you're an audio listener please go subscribe anyway let youtube know you're interested uh then also hit that like button uh, we get because we deal with divisive topics we get a lot of people like to smash that dislike button once in a while uh it is i don't care whatever it's telling youtube you're still interested so you're still helping me trolls mad trolls <laughs> trolls mad but what's funny is that they don't ever bring an argument they just like yell and then it's like okay but every once in a while they do and we appreciate that yeah once in a while we get those enjoy the debate down in there 
there. Uh, so anyhow, um, guys, if you've been through a church split, please let us know. We'd love to have you on the channel and talk about it via Skype. Uh, just be fun to hear how other things work. Cause you know, I think uh, one thing I've learned when I talked to a friend of mine, uh, for about two and a half hours yesterday and he's gone through a bunch of church stuff. And he was saying that every single friend of, of his that he knows that has from Bible college and seminary, everyone that's gone into a church has experienced horrible things and all dealing with church splits. So let's, let's, let's destroy that curb. Let's, let's be part of the group that brings unity to churches and shows the fact that you can have various different doctrinal positions in a church and it does not compromise the fundamental truth of the death, burial, resurrection, of Jesus Christ and salvation, uh, through faith alone in him. So anyway, thank you guys for watching. Take care and, uh, stay tuned for the next episode on the church split.